Welcome to the Kansas City Royals podcast on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars podcast network. Join Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, and myself, Blair Kirkhoff, as we look back on the 2018 season and look ahead to the 2019 Royals. Sam Mellinger is here, so is Vahe Gregorian, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and we are here to talk about the 2018 Royals, briefly, because the 2019 and beyond Royals, to me, are more interesting than the 2018 Royals, but we do have to tie a little ribbon around this uh, this season. Um, and what an appropriate way to say it, because of all the congratulating we've been doing of the 104 lost Royals. <laughs> Best 104 lost <laughs> team in baseball history, guys. And... We won. But we we've all sort of fallen into it, haven't we? Yeah. They were yeah. they had the winning September, right? Yeah. Uh, as so many bad teams tend to do, uh, Wait, was it winning 20, September. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happened. It happened, they, it's happened before. Did they win twenty two of their last thirty four player or twenty? I, I think it was. Tw- I think they finished twenty and fourteen. Okay. So twenty of the last thirty four. Okay. Um, and that's that's not for nothing. You know, it's yeah. it's it's you know they, they didn't. Carry on at three thirty-three baseball or whatever the Orioles baseball. They were they weren't on that clip. <laughs> they were uh, for a while. <laughs> they were they were battling it out with the with Baltimore, which by the way, uh, as as we speak, uh, just fired Buck Showalter, the genius. Yeah. Um, How about that? Today. And the, the genius is still here. The genius goes down, and the dunce is thriving. <laughs> And who'd have thought in the uh, in 2014 when those teams met for the uh, the American League winner was going to the World Series and um, and both were just with wretched seasons this year, but uh, more of more of a positive feeling with with the Royals. Um, I I bought in and I I know you guys did too and. Um, <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic. Well, I, just I apologize seems, for buying it. It just it just seems so silly now with a few games away. It does, from it. It does feel weird. It does feel weird. Well, look, but but the reason is probably less to do with the record than with the 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 handful handful to almost maybe double digits sense of pieces that you have. Maybe you don't know exactly where they're going to be. Although if you read Mellinger minutes, evidently. Um, although Sam, you have to call it back up, right? Yeah, I gotta, <laughs> hold on, guys. I need to find. It. Um, no, I just maybe the, we should submit a question. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I think the reason is that the team that lost 104 games isn't the team that finished right. 20 and 14. I think they, they were. Uh, I think this is true. Um, after Mondesi became, and this may be just a coincidence, right? But it matters. Um, after Modesty became their everyday shortstop, they finished 24 and 26, which isn't great, but that's a third of the season that they're basically a 500 team. And so the, the, the reason they lost 104 games is the first, you know, April when I love Ned. <laughs> you were there Sunday yeah. when Ned, Ned <laughs> what do you say? 11 and 13, I think is what he said. Yeah, right? Right. yeah, I remember we were doing okay in yeah. April. We were like 11 and 13 or like something like that. They were, they were <laughs> seven and 21. Yeah. In April. <laughs> right. uh, but whatever you got, you, you give him some, you know, I choked when I heard that. <laughs> yeah. What? So, so that team. And then, um, June, uh, June five and 21. Yeah. Woo. And then July 8 and 16. But that team, so that's the reason they lost 104. Because, you know, the bullpen was atrocious. Uh, they were running out these guys that had no future with the organization. And then the last 
what do, I don't know what we market. Five weeks, four yeah, weeks, six August twenty fourth is when the, um, the the Indians came to Kansas City, and that started the uh-huh. twenty out of thirty four to finish the season. Yeah. They just gotten swept, I think, in Tampa Bay. And 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 that's the team, you know. I mean, you know, they're gonna they're gonna get whatever, like a couple relievers. They they might bring in like a veteran starting pitcher to just you know be chum, you know, just be uh, in the mix or whatever. But for the most part. That team that finished 24 and 26, that finished 20 and 14, that Mondesi every day at shortstop, that's the team that's going to be in 2019. And, and, and a lot of those guys, and this wasn't true at the beginning of the season, a lot of those guys are going to be around for the hypothetical, hoped for, theoretical, you know, window, which is, yeah. I think, still probably a couple, two, three, four years away. But. All right. Um, well, why don't you, uh, I, I know that you, someone asked you who, who, in Mellinger minutes, what do you think the batting order for yeah, opening day 2019, which is I think I I think I found out it's, it's uh, March 28th, earliest. Oh yeah, White Sox. Yeah, White Sox earliest opening day I, I think ever. And who? Yeah, so who's after Esky uh, leading off? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I do need to look it up just to make sure I don't. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll so, give you the first two. I'll spot yes. you Merrifield and and uh, Montesi. Yeah. What I had is, uh, and I feel decently. Sure about the players. I don't know about the lineup, but anyway, uh, Whit Merrifield um, leading off second base, Mondesi hitting second, shortstop. Jorge Soler I have uh, as the DH hitting third. Ryan O'Hearn I have as a cleanup hitter hitting fourth. At I'm first, sorry. Um, yeah, it, a cleanup yeah. hitter hitting fourth. Yeah, nice, nice job, <laughs> idiots. Uh, Sal Perez uh, catcher hitting fifth. Alex Gordon left fielder hitting sixth. Jorge Bonifacio, right fielder, hitting seventh. Hunter Dozier, third base, hitting eighth. And then I kind of hedged it, Phillips or Brian Goodwin in center. I'd imagine that, that Goodwin probably has the inside track. I mean, certainly was a better hitter for the Royals. Um, but I think Phillips has more of a future. He's younger, um, a little bit better defender, better athlete. But one of those two guys playing center and hitting ninth. Two quick outfield questions. Yeah. Regarding Phillips, <laughs> the bat. Um this isn't just a, a blip right now with his hitting. I mean, it seems like yeah. this, this, this is who this he is. is a, a, you think a, a guy you can't hit well. Now, of course, everything's a reset, and and you can make a case that when you come to a team mid-season, right? You're not really able, you can tinker, but you're not resetting. So, does he have a chance to 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 be something different than that at at, at the plate? And the other question, it's it, it inevitable. It goes back to Gordon. Um, did you see the numbers look a little better for Alex this year? I don't, but I don't know what that foretells in terms of next year. I mean, is is two forty what you hope for? Maybe it is. Well, I, I was, I was somewhat encouraged by his season this year. He's, you know, it was where did he finish? Two like two forty two or something, or something like yeah. that, which is about forty points higher yes. than, than what he hit last year. Which, you know, the batting average made him one of the worst everyday hitters in in baseball a year ago. Um, I think it was 13 home runs. You know, when he went to three in the batting order, I think about the time that Mondesi was became the right. Seems like he was third in the batting order the, the last, I don't know, six seven weeks of the season. I, I, I don't know what his. I think he had 265 or something uh, in in September. I, I was wondering before the season if he would be uh, a guy who would. Basically, give up the final year of his contract and say, I, I, you know, I can't get it done anymore, and maybe 
create this noble gesture of, of walking away. The Gilmesh. The Gilmesh move. Um, but no, I, I think he's, you know, Ned Yost referred to him at the, uh, um, in, the, in, the, in the post-game press conference on Sunday that he's, you know, he liked what Gordon delivered this year. And his war was, he had a three, what, three, two or something? 2.4. 2.4. Um, Fourth on the team. Not too bad. I mean, yep. that's his defense. He's, I think we're going to see him win a gold glove, his six gold glove this year. Defense is still solid. I don't know if he's a three-hole hitter, but um, but I, I, he's in the lineup next year. If he was as good a hitter as he is a defender, and if he was as poor a defender as he is a hitter, people would think he's a really good player. That's a great you know? way of looking. How about that? It's, it's, it's a terrific a way, way to look at it. it. I like that because yeah. then he would be he would be an average to below average defender, and like everybody else, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like yeah. what we see. Yeah. Um, so certainly, and and look, financially, he's going to be there anyway, right? So that, yeah, that's, they're not getting rid of that. He's going to be ain't, there. Ain't walking away. But, not going but, the noble route. But maybe there is reason to. I, I can't <laughs> remember how you taken that contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. How'd you phrase that? It, it, maybe not bad in, in your Mellinger minutes if you looked at lineup overall. Let so, me uh, <laughs> look it up. Or yeah, maybe yeah, not no, good. No, it's, you say? it's fine. Like the, the offense, not bad. Like the, the offense, the, like that lineup, you can feel decently good about. I think. But it doesn't it depend. It depends on Solaire's development. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy and just be the player and, that we envision him. To, uh, yeah, I, the world's envisioned him to there's be. There's a lot of holes. I mean, Ryan O'Hearn may be a you pumpkin. Don't, there's a lot of you don't he, know, he may right? Just yeah. Not be yeah. I, and I'm not there on Bonifacio either. Yes. I'm not either. He's, He's the one. Yeah. I want to say this, though, about Solaire. I found this interesting. It, look, it's, it's almost purely a Dayton perspective, but Dayton refers to him as if he's established himself. Like Dayton Dayton seems to talk about him as he is the guy that we thought he was. Who's this? Too bad he got hurt. Solaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I, you know, it's. A, it's Dayton's got rose, rose-colored glasses a lot, but also he's a bit realistic, and I, I, I think that uh, his conviction on that is interesting to me. They're high. I mean, they think he's a twenty-five to thirty, you know, kind of home run guy. Uh, maybe because of their ballpark, maybe it's a twenty to thirty, but they think he's that. And it's worth noting. I mean, I think this is maybe where your head's at. Like he's never hit more than twelve in a season for all his power. Right. You know, this combination of you know he couldn't crack the the lineup all the time uh, with the Cubs. And then, you know, uh, sucked two years ago, his first year here, and then the injury. You know, he's just, he's never hit more than 12. That's worth noting. You but, know? but he does hit the ball hard. Yeah. And, and he's kind of emblematic, right, of, of where this team is, like going into 19, that he has all this talent that he may be, it would not, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all that he hits something like, you know, 265, 270, gets on base at like a 340. Uh, on base and then slugs in the 500s and has 28 home runs and 104 RBI, something like that. That's completely within the realm of possibility. He could also hit 220 and just, you know, mentally get out of it and, and finish with six home runs and, and they got to do something else at DH or right field. Like it, and that's kind of where they, they are. Like they've got, they're talented, you know, um, and, and, and there's a ceiling, uh, but there's also a, a pretty low floor. All right. Do you think this, sorry, I'm going a little afield here, but it just made me think of this as we're thinking about the outfield. Is there a scenario where it's, it's Phillips and Wright instead of Bonifacio? Is there a scenario where Khalil Lee really moves fast or they decide to accelerate mm-hmm. him? Is there a scenario where Nicky Lopez comes up and I don't, I don't know what they've thought about immediately here, but it seems to me you got to keep modesty at shortstop. And, mm-hmm. and Nicky Lopez was talking about, you're talking about him at second base. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Merrifield's the right fielder. 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess those are the things in play as we yeah. just look at based on who they have okay. now. That's a really yeah, it's a smart point. Like and, and your outfield gets better defensively if you do that. Bonifacio got to where he's not hurting you. Uh but certainly if you have Witt out there, that's a better athlete. Um I wonder he doesn't look like it, but I wonder if uh you know, if Hunter Dozier because, you know, there's some promise around Hunter Dozier, but he also make sure I got this right. Um two twenty nine maybe. Yeah, 229 with a 278 on base and a 395 slug. And that's when he was re- he really was hitting the ball hard for a stretch there. He sure was. He, three, four weeks. But he, he was the definition of just bad luck hitter. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. He he really was crushing. So and, and he did, you know, they talk about this all the time. He did improve defensively. I think you can see that. Yeah. He was bad. He used to be rough. Um, and now he's gotten, you know, a little bit better. But I wonder if, you know, Witt's a good enough athlete. If Hunter Dozier turns out to be a pumpkin, you know, maybe Witt could play third base. And then, you know, because they're super high on Khalil Lee and he's an athlete. Yeah. You know, then, then you get a little bit closer to that formula from, you know, whatever, 13 to, to 15, 16 of, of, you know, high level, you know, outfield defense for a really big outfield. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State, and no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town. Just eight cents a day or two fifty a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at kansascity.com slash sportspass. Where do you think Cuthbert fits into this? Dayton still makes a point of bringing him up. Um, I, in, a, in my mind's eye, I feel like his ship sailed, but that, that's, Boy, that's just, unfair. Just out of sight, you know? out of mind for yeah. me. Yeah. I think so, too. I don't, I don't think he's a player. Yeah. I think he had a hot two or three weeks and looks a little bit like Albert Pujols, you know, <laughs> and, you know just like physically, yeah. and, and, and people got kind of out of control with him. It, it reminds me of the old Whitey Herzog line about Pedro Guerrero. That he's, he's built like a statue and moves like one, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one other thing, back to Dozier. Um, Twelve, I guess, was Mustakas' first full year, and this wasn't quite a full year for Dozier, especially, and he wasn't at third the whole time. But I don't know, are his numbers in any way offensively either comparable or just what you've seen in him? Is he a, a two-thirds Moustakis, a three-fourths Moustakis? Is he of that ilk, or is he not really or, anything m- like that? M- you know, two-thirds of Moustakis at Moustakis' prime. Um, that's, that's that'd be all right, yeah. Hunter Dozier is 27. Right. Right. You know, right. Um, and Moose was doing that stuff at 24. Yeah. Or 23, uh, probably, right? Looking up my internet connection is not very good. But Moose, Moose hit like 20 home runs his, his rookie year. Um, was that 12? Yeah. Yeah, 2012. He he had played eighty nine games the year before, but his first full season he hit twenty home runs. He played eighty nine games the year before. Yeah, two thousand eleven. That? That's more than I would have. Uh, yeah, I thought it was more like thirty. Guessed. Yeah. So how how comparable is again the age is different, but how comparable is this this season of Dozier's with eleven for Mustakis? Well, um, at 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 Hunter Dozier's age, at Hunter Dozier's yeah. current age, Mike Mustakis hit twenty two home runs 
made an all-star team and won a World Series championship. Yeah. That was that year for him. So, well, I mean, it's, that, that's the biggest part. If Hunter Dozier was 21, if Hunter Dozier was 23, I'd think a lot differently. But he's 27. That's, um, I don't know, I, th- I think that's getting up there. Well, is there is, is there an alternative plan at third base? Well, in Dayton's words, Cuthbert is part of that. Then, um, I like kind of what you're throwing out there, though. Like, you know, maybe if, of course, that depends on, Mostly on Nicky Lopez, right? But what about Merrifield at third? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they would think of his arm there. Yeah, um, that's not saying I'm not. I'm not saying he doesn't. You do just don't know. know. I've never. Yeah. Even, have you ever seen him take ground balls at third? No, I never have. I, I think he's played it though. I. I, I that's why. I, <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's, I'm played, sure he's played it. <laughs> you know, just yeah. yeah. I, I can't swear to it, but I'm pretty sure. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I'm well, sorry, you I'm know what? No, no. But you know, even their, you know. Even their championship teams had positions that were, you know, you, you you wondered about second base, you know, right field were positions that they they kind of shuffled people in and out, and, and they weren't locked. Those positions weren't locked down. The, the the Royals can, I think, going forward can have a couple of positions where they're not a hundred percent sure. Um, and I, I just based on covering the team a little bit over the weekend, I. I think they're ready to go forward with Hunter Dozier at third base. I mean, that's Ned. They're high on him. Yeah. Yes, Ned. He he went through the lineup um, next year's lineup when he was uh, in the post game on Sunday, and you know, and Dozier at the corners, and Mondi and Merrifield up the middle, and um, Gordon. You know, we had the outfielders that we've all talked about. So I like the idea of Hunter should, there, giving him a chance, and let him play his way out of it. Right? I, I mean, I'd rather see him play his way into it, but but I think he's why why not? Run that all the way right. through. I just think it's the best alternative for them right yeah. now. It's, it's he's the best candidate. Whit Merrifield's uh, played 31 innings at third base in the big leagues, and of course he has uh, <laughs> uh, 156 innings in the minors. So of course, yeah, not sure. much. No, not much. But yeah, I mean, like Hunter. Do- to be clear, um, Hunter Dozier should get that chance. I just am skeptical of. <laughs> I don't know that he'll be that guy in two years and three years or whatever. And now look, like the last time they won a World Series, they had this hole that they couldn't fill at second base, among others. And they went out and got outside help. Maybe that's what happens, or maybe uh, you know there's a third base tree and and they find somebody else. Um, but oh, it wasn't uh, uh, in the Kelvin Herrera trade um, they got a third baseman, right? Did oh, they get an outfielder and a third baseman? Uh, I believe they did. And I, he's a double A, I think. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't, hope that guy's any good. Yeah. I, I he don't was either. said to be a, a um, better defender than hitter. Um, I did not see but. how uh, Nicky Lopez and Khalil Lee finished the season. I bring them up just because they were the two we were hearing the most about. Um, Khalil finished at double A, I guess, and, and Nicky was was a triple A. But I don't know if they had some some momentum going uh, that that made you think can't wait to see him in spring training. Um, well, look, it, it, and the one thing we haven't talked that much about, what do you, th- what do you think about shoring up the bullpen? Um, it's the biggest it is. It's her, I think it's her biggest issue. It is, isn't it? it? It's, yeah. the, it's the biggest unknown. Um, who, who, do you, who did you like this year from, um, from the bullpen? I thought Tim Hill gave him some moments. and mm-hmm. um, Kevin McCarthy was okay. Kevin McCarthy was the, kind of the guy I always thought, okay, you kind of can trust him. Mm-hmm. After that... No, yeah, I mean, Willie Peralta had like some, you know, that fastball kind of makes you think, but um, he'll be 30 
next season. Yeah, but he, he potentially um, he's the closer, right? He's I would enter, think, entering yeah. nineteen. He's um, he's the closer. Yeah, and, and the kind of closer you have when you're in this payroll situation, right? Yeah, you're not, you're not yeah, yeah. And payroll, and maybe if something changes, you, you look at it differently. But he's the the the, the yeah. transitional closer. I wonder, for lack of a better term. I wonder if, uh, you know, they're big on, as many of teams are, of transitioning guys, like bringing them up as relievers and, you know, letting them get that I-can-get-big-league hitters out kind of feeling and then putting them in the rotation. You know, they've got, you know, Richard Lovelady, I think was the uh, Omaha Pitcher of the Year. Yep. Yeah, he was. Um, Josh Stolmont is is down there. Um, you know, they, they've got some other guys that they might transition up there. I'm, I'm just not if, – if, if the Royals in 2019 – thought they were going to win if anybody thought they were going to win i'd be very worried about the bullpen but nobody's right. expecting they I, right. I just I, I feel like that'll happen you you can pick up some power arms and, and put them in there and it won't necessarily turn into herrera davis holland but you know there was a time where they didn't think that was herrera davis holland right you know? um you know davis was a terrible starting you know like i mean there's just Stuff it can fill in, I guess. I wonder if Danny Duffy would be a good relief I've, pitcher. I, I thought that all weekend. If he wouldn't be better off, mm-hmm. better served in the in the bullpen, and if that's the next guy you yeah. see making the Luke Hochaver move, yeah. well, he, look, he'd be of, a great relief pitcher. I really do believe that. I think so too. Uh, I think so too. I wonder if he's open to that. One of the thought, just same thing along these lines. They do have what well, looks like maybe seven or eight legitimate potential starters. A couple of those guys are going to be. They're not going to be in the minors starting. They're going to be, you know, bullpen yeah. relievers. And I don't, I don't know about Jorge Lopez. Um, guy can almost pitch a perfect game, but he's not been very good otherwise. <laughs> um, which is kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But how about how about this stat? I'm going to read you some names and some ages. Brad Keller's 22. Uh, Jorge Lopez 25. Uh, Heath Fillmire is 24, Eric Skoglund's 25, Jacob Junis is 25. That's kind of an enviable position mm-hmm. for, yeah. for the Royals right yeah. now. And uh, those are just five starting pitching candidates for next year, all 25 or younger um, uh, as of today. So, you know, we have forever talked about how the Royals don't draft and develop pitching. And um, the, at least in the from what we saw this year, this was a um, – uh, a starting rotation that had one of baseball's best ERAs over this winning period that we talked about over the last five or, or six weeks. And it was mostly these guys, first and second year guys, mm-hmm. these young guys. So, uh, look, I know they, they were they were feasting on a steady diet of Twins and White Sox and Tigers and um, Orioles at one stretch. But you can only beat who's in front of you. Yeah. And, and they those look, guys did it. They did. And they, they ran through the tape, which I give them credit for, right? Mm-hmm. And and. I, you you guys saw them both a lot more, even though none of us really saw them a ton. But we saw them both a lot more. You both saw them more than I did in the last weeks. I had the sense, and this seems like a just intangible thing, but I certainly have had the sense that uh, things stayed upbeat. They, they 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 kept they kept going. That says something okay to decent to maybe even good about the culture still still being right. So. And look, we haven't really talked about this, but Sam, you actually wrote about it the other day, and and Blair, you did the news story. But Ned coming back's the right thing. I, I mean, think so. I, 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 there's a sense of, and you, but you alluded to this in your column that um, maybe there's some organizational questions early in the season with with his ability to communicate. Yes. Um, yep. What was that? Uh, was that more about 
the pieces seeming like stray pieces or more about his ability with the younger guys to to um, get it across? About bringing him back? No, uh, about what, what, oh, what the, you were talking to about yeah. early in the season. Uh, I think there were some questions. I know there were some questions about um, – and, and look, everybody had some of this in them for the first three months, four months of the season. But there were just some questions of whether you had the same energy, whether he was into – the building as much as he has been and context matters. That team was garbage and it was, um, you know, it, it, and it had a lot of dead end players on it, guys that, that weren't going to be around, but that's part of a manager's job, right? It, is to set that tone. And I just, I know there were some questions um, in and around the team of, of whether he was doing that. I think that started to change um, the last, Five, six weeks. I think that, and Whit Merrifield said this, um, in, you know, after the last game, he just said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it, it was something like, it was cool to see him become re-energized along with the rest of us when we started playing a little bit. Mm. I mean, you know, and, and, and then you asked Ned about that and he just went, nah, nah. Yeah, no, it was funny because I, I knew, uh, I, all I'll say is I, I knew that Ned was not happy with, you know, some of the stuff that I written. And, and it was Flanny that asked that. And he was like, oh. and he said, uh, Witt said you became re-energized. I was like, okay, here we go. I know it's, I know it's about to happen. He said, I wasn't re-energized. I've been energized this whole time. Right. Some people, like Sam. Sam. <laughs> it was a funny moment. It was a funny moment. But I, I know, I just, look, like Witt said it. Like publicly in, in front of microphones. And, and that's not the first time that people have, have said it. You know, maybe publicly, but not otherwise. And so, anyway, the the point is, the last five six weeks, that was the Ned, you know, that they had from. I always get this mixed up. Was he hired? In, I think he was hired 10. in ten, right? Right. Uh, ten or eleven. I always get that mixed up. But but hired in ten, eleven was his first full season. Um, that's that Ned. And this team, I think, is perfect for him because it's it's the vast majority of it's young, but he still has like sprinkled throughout the clubhouse. Gordon, Sal, yep. Duffy. He's, he's got some guys that, that are legitimate, you know, um, established big leaguers with championship rings. And I think that that's, it's just, a, it's a really good fit for him. Two, two quick things. One was just that there was a time, it was maybe 10 weeks into the season. Maybe they were right about into that 5 and 21 June. Um, I lobbed a question at Ned thinking there's typically, typical Ned, he will not answer this. But he, but he didn't. He went kind of all in on how down he was. Which I thought was really surprising, like how tough it is to get yourself going again. And I, I think maybe it's right around that time where he was uh, dragging a little. The other thing is, I was all on board with uh, Duda, John Jay, and Moustakis. I, I, I understood the reason that you might not want to do that, just prime the pump with the young ones. But I do wonder, you, you alluded to this a little bit, do you feel like in the end those guys just came off as stray pieces, sort of Island of Misfit toys, and it jammed something? I don't know. No, I, nothing against any one of them personally, although I never got to know Jay at all or really even Duda. But maybe I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I think what happened more is um, this thing was supposed to like piecemeal together. It's sort of like a we can pretend that we're competing kind of way. It was it's almost like a, a eyewash to you know get the, hey we're not terrible we're not the Orioles for fans right and once they started like they did not 11 and 13 but 7 and 21 if only they had started 11 and 13 <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, you know that was sort of out the window really yeah. quick I wonder yeah. if it's you know because I don't think Lucas Duda is is as good of a pro and teammate you know I mean he's just he's there he's he's a you know a, a, a 
I don't know how else to say it, a good pro, a good teammate. You know, these weren't disruptive. This wasn't Jose Guillen, you know, that they were right, bringing in. Right. Guys like that. They, 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 so I don't think they were like, but I don't know. Maybe they were on their own program. Maybe that's what you're saying. About, like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know possible, if something but... was foul in the chemistry somehow. And I'm not, I really don't want to blame any person. I, although I don't, I got the sense Jay, Jay was kind of just distant on his own. I think that's accurate. Um, but I think, and the dude got hurt pretty quick, which yeah. is kind of, you know, problematic. And of course, maybe it was a weird year for Moustakis, but I don't think anything went wrong. I mean, it was just strange circumstances. It was awkward. Forward. It was, it, yeah. it was really, it was awkward for both sides because I think the Royals kind of felt bad that they were only giving him six million right, or whatever right. it was. And Moose clearly didn't want to come back here. I mean, he turned down 17, you know, right. um, there, there's that kind of, it, it just, that was a little bit awkward, I think. Like everybody knew, let's get to July, um, you know, yeah, and then the yeah. trade, you know. Yeah, I thought I, I thought the uh, the veterans were brought in to keep the Royals from losing a hundred games. I thought that was the basically yeah, that right. was it. We we might finish last. We might have the worst record in baseball. Let's not lose a hundred games. Yeah. And and they got on that track in a hurry. Though it was a hundred <laughs> loss track. So yeah. and as it turned out, the young guys could have kept them from losing. <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, that's the twist, isn't it? It, it seems you know, like you, you, seems you'd like had a, you'd had a longer look at Ryan O'Hearn and if. Yeah. Um, if it weren't for Duda, yeah, and, and, and you would have gotten a, you know, and if Duda hadn't gotten hurt, I don't know how much, you know, how many at bats that would have taken away. I, from, that's right, from, I know from O'Hearn. So, okay, I think we've covered uh, we've covered most of it, if if not all of it, and um, I, we'll we'll kind of circle back to where we started. I I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this this team next year. I know they lost 104, looks terrible in the standing and uh, and all that, but I um. I I I see him in the seventies next year in terms of victories. I, I there's a big difference between seventy and seventy nine, but uh, but it's also not a hundred losses. Yeah, I just see I them making progress. I think they're on the track to make progress, and um, and and they may have the the core of players that that'll take them into the next phase of success. Yeah, uh, part part of just part, but part of my frustration with the Royals of not embracing the rebuild earlier is that I believe that the Royals fans in general and really right now are as well positioned as any in recent baseball history to accept and embrace a rebuild. And I think that the team next year is going to be the kind that will probably lose about 90 games, uh, maybe more. Um, but it'll be the kind of team that people can, can, can get around. You know, like, I mean, Whit Merrifield's a really good player. Um, and it, he could make an all-star team and, and it would be well earned. Mondesi could be a super, like, they, they've got little guys like that that you can sort of wrap your arms around. Um, and I think that Royals fans are really going to enjoy that. And, and in that way, I think it, it puts them ahead of where they were in, Dayton's first couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 yeah. talk about we we talk about the the beginning of the Royals championship teams. You know, happened when when Mustakas and Hosmer and, and, and came and, and the trade for uh, Kane and uh, uh, and Escobar and, and the Shields and all that. But Dayton Moore was on board, had been on board for a couple of years, two three years before that, yeah. right? I mean, they had when, when he took the job, they had uh, in the system they had Butler. Gordon and, and Zach, depending on when Zach walked away. But anyway, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Those are three studs, like three stars. But after that, it was bumpkiss. Like they, they had nothing after that. And this one, if, if Mondesi, he's a big leader now, but if he's your superstar, you know, now you're one against three, but there's more, there's, there's just a lot more depth. Like MJ Melendez is a guy that I just, every time you talk to a scout about what the Royals have in the minor leagues, that name 
always comes up. Khalil Lee is kind of like the headliner. Nick Nick Prado, like kind of, you know, those are probably the two headliners. But MJ Melendez is a guy that that just, you know, grizzled like baseball scouts and those guys. I love talking to those guys. Like they just freaking love him. And, absolutely love him. And don't you trust this organization to identify yes. talent? Yep. Yeah. Um, that that was the one thought I was going to have, and you guys be better equipped to say this, but I kind of came in halfway through the, the rebuild, right, or maybe toward the end. and Just the for thing, the winning. Just, just for the winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the winning. Cherry picking. <laughs> um, but the, the, the thing that stands out is just systematically how much better equipped, foundationally, whatever hokey term you want to use, I mean, they, they are light years ahead of what Dayton inherited. Yes, and and I do believe just the knowledge that they've done it before that that carries more than maybe we can even understand, right? I mean, just in terms of belief in themselves and conviction about the way they go. Now, look, maybe there's a danger in there. Maybe they get a little too set in their ways, and a lot of these decisions have not worked out well in the last couple of years since the World Series. So I don't know, but I I believe in the organization. I, there's a different yeah, there's a different organizational credibility, you know. Um, than, than there was before. They, they've earned that. Of course they have. And it's crazy to me, like, how much similar they are. Like, all the guys that are still around, if you look at, you know, the top 10 names or whatever on, um, it's not the masthead. If it was a newspaper, it'd be the masthead. But, like, the top 10 names in baseball operations, and, and they're guys yeah. that have been around. It's, it's obviously, it's Dayton, but it's J.J. Piccolo, it's Renee Francisco, it's Lonnie Gene Watson. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 guys that have been around and, and done this before, have good relationships with each other. There's not backstabbing, you know. These guys, um, they, they've, they've done it. They're, you know, one of them told me, um, I don't use his name here, it's just a conversation, but, like, um, you know, we're in a different place in our lives. A lot of us, the, the kids are out of the house, so, like, all we have is baseball. <laughs> you know, so we're focused in, in, in a different way. I mean, there's, you know... Um, they're 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 well positioned in that way. Yeah, yeah. That's a good thought to end it on. And we will. Um, uh, baseball season isn't over, and it's not over for Royals fans who get to watch a lot of their former favorites in the, especially in the National League uh, Division Series. That that Brewers Rockies is uh, full of full of Royals. So yeah. we'll have fun watching that. And thank you very much for tuning in. We'll have Royals news and coverage in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com throughout the off season.